You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org. Welcome. I'm so glad that you joined us uh, tonight. Um, We're spending some time this week really setting our minds and hearts on Jesus and the power of his love. You know, his love um, really transforms us. His love is powerful. And uh, I particularly did that in the life of Mary Magdalene. And um, we're kind of looking at how his love sort of changed her and how it can change us and give us hope and give us uh, encouragement. Because I know that right now we really need encouragement um, in the things that the world is going through. It's just a time, it's really a time for that. Of course, Easter is this Sunday and we're just sort of um, spending time sort of setting our minds um, on the cross and the resurrection and how uh, God works in us. So tonight, we um, have a, a special guest with us, and I'm really excited to have her um, have her here. I, uh, Mackenzie Brewster is with us tonight, and of course, she was here in Portland with us um, for four years, uh, and, and so a lot of you know her, which is really wonderful. And um, but I know that I've known Mackenzie since she was just a little bitty thing. And the truth is, I knew her mom before she was a mom, and so. I've known Mackenzie all of her life. Um, and she ran in and out of my house and was always so cute and, and sweet and precocious and uh, so smart. Um, and yet I watched as she grew up, just her develop into this amazing young woman of faith and deep conviction. And um, I know that she, you know, she's been through a lot, a lot of different things. Um, and she loves life and you know, there's just so much that's very precious about her, but she is young. And um, you might be thinking, well, you know, um, Mary Magdalene and her, what it, you know, because tonight we're particularly um, talking about the, the difficult times in Jesus' life and how Mary Magdalene stuck with him and she persevered and she didn't quit. And so um, I was particularly thinking about um, Mackenzie because of that, because there were several things in her life that she's had to really persevere. In fact, I really think that describes her perseverance, just that not quitting. And, um, and she is young, like I said. So you might think, you know, what exactly? And, um, and she'll, she's going to share some with us. But in her 17th year, when she was a junior in high school, she went from being a competition weight, like weightlifter to a wheelchair. And the progression was so fast and nobody knew why or what it was. And it was just devastating. It was confusing. It was a really difficult time. But then the next years went by. I mean, she's had a lot of struggle and, and had to persevere so much through so much um, to be able to get where she is now. And um, so I, 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 I've watched and her relationship with God is really personal and powerful. It's dynamic and it's something that is every day um, in every sort of walk. She walks with God 
and um, and I know that's how she's gotten through so much. And so I thought she would be really perfect to um, to share, you know, some things with us um, here. But um, and she's in New York City right now, which is wonderful. And um, I'm glad she gets to be there. But it's a hard time in New York City, and so maybe we'll just start by asking you, Mackenzie. How are you doing? What is life in New York like right now? Hi, thank you for having me. What an intro. Um, life in New York now is not typical. <laughs> Everything shut down. Everything shut down. You know, uh, it's really quiet. Streets are empty. Everyone's inside. Half of us are unemployed, maybe more. Um, so, but we're doing okay. You know, there's a lot going on, but there's also an outpouring of love. So I have a number of friends who are nurses and on the front lines, moms making it work with kids and apartments. Um, God bless them. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Good. And my husband's doing well. So, Go and yeah, we're making it. We're making it through just fine. Well, I'm glad. I can't imagine a quiet New York City. I mean, I, you know, I lived in the city for years and years. Yeah. That That is an amazing thing. When I see those pictures and it's just empty, it's really something. Yeah. It's a different time for sure. But I'm, I'm thankful that you took some time out to be with us um, tonight. And one of the things that I, I, I want to sort of start with is talk about um, Mary Magdalene and a little bit about sort of who she was and why we chose her. And, um, yeah. you know, Jesus' um, love really drew her out of darkness into light. And what I mean by that is she, you know, the Bible says in Luke 8 that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. Demons. I don't know what demons look like or what that looked like I don't know what that was like and I and, and with Jesus you know I don't know if whether he had to cast seven demons out at one time or if it was seven different occurrences that he had to sort of rescue her I'm not really sure but I know that whatever it was this woman knew darkness she knew pain she knew probably hopelessness um, even just going through all that, whatever it meant, you know that there was isolation with it and, and, and you know, mm -hmm. sort of margin, she was probably marginalized because mm -hmm. of it. Um, so many times, you know, when we don't understand something, especially, it would be so frightening. So I was just thinking about how she was familiar with horror. She was familiar with, with just, um, the tough, awful, hard things in this world. And, and I think that Jesus had some sort of encounter or many encounters with her and rescued her. And then to the point that he allowed her to follow him and be a part of his little group that traveled around, which just blows my mind. You know, yeah. um, when you think, you know, I don't know whether she asked to go like the demoniac had asked, you know, um, after Jesus healed him and cast the demons out of him, you know, he begged to go and Jesus was like, 
No, you need to go back to the to capitalists and teach the people there what God has done for you. And um, and so I'm sure there was a little disappointment in that because he really wanted to go. And I don't know if Mary had asked and he said yes, or if maybe he asked her, come and follow me, come with me. But then that also makes me think about the group that was traveling with him at the time and what they might have thought when he invited her along. <laughs> that he, you know, they may have thought like, what? The demon lady? You know, <laughs> I, it, you, you know people are how we are. Yeah. It's like There might have been this kind of, oh my goodness, she's coming with us. But whatever, she came. And for a woman to travel with a rabbi was really weird. I mean, back then, anyway, that was unusual. It just wasn't heard of. But you know, Jesus broke all those kind of barriers. He was very radical about those social kind of barriers. And right. no, he took women with him. And he, you know, and, and along the way, which was awesome. But she traveled with him. So she had this face-to-face -face relationship with Jesus which I think is so amazing, you know, that she got to do that. And, um, but in that, she, I'm sure she walked with him and learned a lot. But then when it came time and he was, he was arrested and then he was crucified and he went to the cross, she stayed. She stayed for the execution. I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible thing. You know, people sort of, you know, pull back when somebody's in horrible pain or something awful is happening. And yet she didn't. And maybe it's because she was used to horror. She was used to pain and suffering. She was familiar with it. But she stayed at the cross and, and was there sort of in it with him as far as supporting him, staying there. And then she followed the body. So she watches him die. She and the other women watch him die. And then they follow the body. Joseph has asked for the body. So after he dies, they go with the body to the tomb. It's incredible. And she didn't shy away from that either. I mean, she was truly an eyewitness. She watched the death. She watched the, the burial. In fact, in Luke 23 and verse 55, it says the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. That description that they saw how his body was laid, makes it just come alive to me that she was willing to stay with the body. Yeah. I think that so many of us would want to run, would want to, would want to get away, would shy away from that kind of situation and that kind of pain. But she didn't. And it made me think of how she just clung on to him through everything. The hard stuff, the bad, I mean, the bad stuff, whatever. She just was there. She hung on no matter what. She clung to him. And so I was thinking about how in our relationship with God and what Jesus is doing in our lives, that for us to learn how to cling to him, even through the hard things, which is the reason that I asked you uh, to speak with us tonight, because I've watched you cling to Jesus through the really hard things and the hard times. 
And in fact, I heard that you're celebrating a 10th anniversary and uh, of sorts. And I would really like for you to share with us what, what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's 2020. And so at the end of 2019, all these people were doing um, like decade challenge. Like, where were you 10 years ago? Remember? And like a lot of people are really like reflective posts. And uh, it, it made me realize that it had been 10 years since I'd gotten really sick when I was in high school. And yeah, I got really sick really quickly. Um, but it's, and at that point, I got to the point where I couldn't walk, I couldn't sit up anymore. Uh, I was bedridden for a couple years, and um, but I've made a full recovery. And I was thinking about how incredible it is, how far I've come. Um, but it didn't happen overnight. It was, you know, it was a years long journey. And with that, I, um, I just, I kept, you know, I'm in New York City now and it's great, you know, with all, I've been able to uh, pursue some of dreams reborn. Uh, I'm studying acting and singing right now and living here, which I love, but it's, it can wear on you, the hustle of the city and the pace of life and, you know, being away from nature to a degree and the path forward in these kinds of things isn't always as clear, you know, it's its own journey. And I'd been thinking how I really wanted an, a getaway and an adventure with God. Um, especially after I'd had a, um, I got sick in December, just a little bit of, you know, like a little bit of flu and, um, and it made me reflect because all of this is going on. It made me reflect. And um, I just was, thinking about how I really wanted to, I started praying. I was like, you know, God, I really just, I want to go on an adventure with you. I want some, I want to experience you in new ways. I'm so grateful for how far you brought me, but I want to go farther. And um, I was just feeling worn down by the city and wanting to get out and be in nature and, and connect more with the natural world. And um, so I was walking one day down the city, actually on my way to the uh, meet with the daytime arts ministry, right? Uh, we have a ministry here that's for artists. And I was just praying. I was like, you know, God, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Would you send some magic my way? Would you just sprinkle a little magic into my day? Just because you can, because you love me, because you're the creator of all things and you're nuts about me. And why not? Um, and I've done that before and I don't know, things happen. So an hour later, I have a call, a voicemail from an old friend of mine saying, Hey, you want to go on a hiking trip with me to Montenegro in March? This is January. And I thought, this is just stupid enough to be awesome. <laughs> like, why would I do this? <laughs> everything about it lined up, you know, I had a bit of a tough flu and I was a little out of shape and I was like, okay, I know for the sake of my health, I gotta, I gotta get into gear. And this is totally motivating. This is, this is pure fun. There's no obligation here. Um, it's with a really spiritual friend and it's out in nature. 
somewhere I've never been. I've been saying how much I want to actually travel. And they were like, I've been having a hard time getting someone to come on the trip because I want to plan the whole thing. I thought, well, this is super perfect. I'm doing this. I can't say no to that. So um, I'm all excited. I'm talking about it with everyone. And just the, the, the anticipation of doing something like that um, just got me, got me through a few difficult weeks, things that had been going on around that had been really challenging, having something to look forward to and knowing that I would have this time with God was just like a bit of an anchor. Uh, then everything started happening with the coronavirus, but it was at the beginning, it was early stages and we didn't really know what was happening still, but things were moving quickly. So there were a few complications of whether or not we should take this trip, but it was all paid for. And as far as we knew, it would be fine. Um, so we went ahead and they had just started introducing the idea of social distancing and where we were going we were just going to be out in the mountains. We weren't really going to be with people. We we're going to be far away hiking. So like, well, that should be fine. Um, so we headed off on our trip and it started out great and beautiful. And then the pandemic hit while we're in Croatia. And we rerouted our trip, instead of going to Montenegro, to go to Croatia so that we wouldn't cross any borders. We're gonna go up the coast hiking. Um, but as we're driving, we go to one city to start the trip off. And to get to the next city, we have to cross a section of Bosnia, technically, we cross their borders. And in that time, we learned that the US has been added in the day we have been there to a list of countries that have been banned. So through a whole series of circumstances, uh, our trip takes a dramatically different turn. We are no longer going to be hiking all along the mountains of Croatia. Uh, the US raises the travel alert. We have to come home early because we don't know if the borders are gonna close, if we're gonna be able to get back home. In this time I get here from all my roommates, most of them have lost their jobs. They're headed home to their families. New York is shutting down. I've been laid off. Um, it's just, everything's rolling. So we're able to um, rebook tickets to get home in time, decide that everything will be okay to take one hike. We're gonna do one hike. And I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, I'm really like, through my experiences of like, I'm really roll with the punches kind of person. I don't like those kind of external things don't super stress me out. I'm like, all right, all I can manage is how I'm gonna respond and what I do. Um, but I was so grateful to get to have one hike. And I, I went on this trip, uh, not just hungry for an adventure with God, though I certainly was and I definitely got one. Um, I was looking for some sort of, I don't know, grand spiritual experience on a mountaintop. You know, it's such a cliche, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do something I've never done before. It's been 10 years since like I stopped walking. And now not only can I walk, I'm going to climb a mountain. Um, and I'm going to like, I'm going to have some sort of great spiritual revelation at the top of it. Look how far I've come. And as I was getting ready and going on this hike and everything, my whole, my whole, the whole world is changing around me minute by minute. 
and I know that I'm coming home to an entirely different place, I realize that it's not some sort of grand spiritual emotional experience that's going to propel me into this new depth of my relationship with God. <laughs> um, I, I wanted, I knew that there were ways that I wanted to grow. There were places where I felt dissatisfied. Like, I don't know that I'm in alignment. Like I look at Jesus and I look at my life and I see ways that it doesn't all completely line up. And I want there to be this moment where like, now I understand his love. And so I'm going to, forever I'm changed. And instead, instead of getting clear answers to unclear questions, right? Because I'm like, I don't know what it is. I just know there's something. I'm at the bottom of this mountain getting ready to climb up. And I, I remember when I decided to become a disciple, I studied the Bible as a teenager. And I had wanted some sort of great, I kept waiting for like repentance to be this thing that happened to me to have some sort of great emotional revelation. And I didn't, you know, it was, it was piece by piece as I learned who Jesus was, you know, I like, I had my idea of who he was and then I learned who he really was. And it was putting things into practice that he taught and watching my life change. It was taking one step at a time. It was, it was in those small moments that I began to build a trust in what the truth was that propelled me to have the confidence to make bigger decisions, to trust him with bigger things, right? And I thought about how my health was so similar. You know, it wasn't this one-time thing. Even when I had, a, I had a turning point where I was like, you know what, God, I've been surrendered to, I may not have full health. We had gone, it had been years and we had gone from a diagnosis of you will make a full recovery at any point now. I was living in anticipation of at any moment, my whole life would change. And it looked like that wasn't gonna happen. It had been painstaking. And we were moving into, you know, it, we should probably start planning your life within these parameters. And it's at, at this point, it's prevention, which was so devastating, especially for how far I had come and how hard I had worked. Um, but I surrendered to that and I made peace with that. But after that, I came to a point where I was like, you know what, God, when I look at who Jesus is, he's a healer. And I think that you're willing for that story to continue. Not only are you capable, but you're willing. And I had been so desperately disappointed so many times that I didn't have it in me to hope with the whole of my heart anymore. And I got to a place where I was like, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I don't know, I'm gonna put every ounce that I have out on the line and act in the faith as if you are healing me. And piece after piece happened. And it was still a journey. That wasn't a one-time thing. I had to make that choice over and over and over again. But it came and it's through all those steps and all those experiences that I that I learned that I could trust God. And he showed up and he was faithful. And I've been, I've been healed. I've had a remarkable recovery. I'm so healthy. I mean, I, I was climbing a mountain, you know, I'm, I'm taking a break from my life of hustle in New York city to go <laughs> right. Climb in Croatia. And so I started, we started this hike and it, it was more than I was prepared for. 
I probably should have trained more. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to do this thing, right? And I was like, oh man, you know, it's just like me when I was a teenager and I decided, like, I don't know what the whole of my life ahead of me is, but I know that I want to do it with God. And like, I know what the end result is and I'll just take this next step. And it's uncomfortable and it's scary, but it's one step at a time, health of the same way. And so I'm standing there, I'm like, okay, I did it. I can do this and I want to get to the top. So it'll be worth it. And I thought about how that's where I am again, spiritually, you know, I'm, it's not, I had the revelation before I got to the top of the mountain, like God had taught me the process of persevering and that he would walk me through that same thing again. And, and because of that, you know, I'm not afraid of fear in the same way that I was. We were hiking and we got to a point where it shifted to being, uh, we were scrambling, which is, I don't know if you know what that is. I had no idea what that is. It's kind of like rock climbing. You don't have ropes or anything, but it's like rubble rocks, but they're big and you like propel yourself up. And it was pretty, it was steep. It was steep for me. Everything's steep for me because it was new, but, um, and I was not (laughs) prepared for that, but I had to learn doing it. And there came a moment where I could have just stopped, but I was like, you know, no, I'm scared, but I also know that I'm capable and I know that I can do this. So I'll say yes, even through the fear. And I think before there are times where I would take the fear to mean something, right? Like, oh, that means I can't do this. Oh, I shouldn't do this. And, but I don't have to be afraid of the fear. I've learned that it's just a part of the process and it usually is giving me helpful information. So I just listen and then I, you, and then I keep going. Um, and I had a lot of grace for myself on the way up. I took breaks when I needed to. I went at the pace that I needed to. I let myself be afraid and then I let the fear wash away. And by the time I got to the top, I just, I was so proud, you know, had I known, I don't know that I would have said yes, (laughs) right? And that's just true of so many things. And I was so grateful because it felt like I had this physicalized metaphor. And it struck me, especially because I'd remembered that I have this memory of being, I think I was 19, maybe 20. And I I had, I had come out of, um, a rehabilitation program at the Children's Hospital of Atlanta. It's been an intensive month there. And that was where I like, we, we retrained my system so that I could sit up again and stand on my own for periods of time and starting to walk again. And people were so excited. They're like, look, isn't it amazing? You've come so far. And I was like, yes. And I'm grateful, but I, this isn't it. You know, like I'm, it's not as bad as it was, but I'm not, I'm not well yet. And I, I believe that I will be well. And everyone wanted me to like stop and just appreciate it. I'm like, I'm appreciating it, but I, I can't stop and look down totally to see how far I've come because I have to keep my eye fixed on where I'm going. Otherwise I don't know I'm going to get that. I'm going to get there. So I was like, I will stop and appreciate how far I've come when I get to the top of this mountain. And in my mind, that that was just a metaphor, right? So, so then all these years later, to be climbing up 
and standing there, you know, I'm 27 now and to look around and to see how far God has brought me, you know, not just like spiritually, um, emotionally and physically, it just felt like such a victory. It was like, you know, like even letting the old story go even further and knowing that it had only been a base to support me and moving, moving forward onto greater things. And I, um, I got to just sing this song that a friend had shared with me earlier. And I was just like singing to God alone on the top of this mountain. My uh, hiking partner had gone off to hike a little bit farther on another, another uh, set of rocks. <laughs> um, but there's a verse of it that says, um, I will praise you in this mountain and I will praise you in the valley just the same. Um, no less God within the shadows, no less faithful when the night leads me astray. And I, I thought about that and it made me think of Psalm 23, where it talks about how um, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close behind me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And I think that, you know, the, it's like, I'm not afraid of those valleys anymore because I've walked through so many of them with God. And it's like deeper and deeper. My understanding comes of how much he is with me. So I don't have to be like, I don't even have to be afraid of my own fear. I don't have to be afraid when I feel like I'm off course from him. It's like, I can't be because he's always surrounding me in love. And those moments where I just, where I choose to trust that, where I choose to come and trust how much he loves me and that he's taking care of me. That's where I find the strength that helps me take that next step forward. And think about, um, Mary and how she clung to him it's like when you've when you've experienced that kind of love that heals you from the inside out and your life is so transformed you it's like where else would you go you know I think about when Jesus asks his disciples um a bunch of people have left and he's talking to the apostles like are you gonna leave too and Peter goes Lord, where will we go? You have the words to eternal life. And I've learned through the experience of putting things into practice, you know, like acting in the faith. Okay. As if this is true, it's not that it's not that I don't have those dark places, but how I'm able to deal with it is so different. And the, the more I cling to God through it, it's not that life is easier, but it's easier for me to move through it. This is wonderful to see how much you've grown and just the, the spiritual, the wisdom, the maturity, the character that's been developed. Mackenzie, 
I'm so grateful to be with you. <laughs> so thankful for this time and to hear you describe this and talk about it. It's very powerful. I um, I, I know that um, we all want to grow and we all want to experience that relationship with God. And, and I think that you've brought it to life, you know, and sort of through your sharing of your own inner thoughts. And that's what <laughs> I love about you <laughs> is sharing all that inner, you know, turmoil and thoughts. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think I miss you a little bit every day. Um, I got so encouraged to be with you day in and day out when you were living in my house. And um, I'm so thankful for those years that we got with you here in, in Portland. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm so encouraged to see the rest of your life. It's like there's a part of me that it's like, oh, it's, 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 you're just, you're just 27 now. I can't wait yeah. to see the years, the decades, um, God willing, that, that come. And um, so I just, anyway, I, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you donated this time of yours. Um, and uh, I know you're not working right now and stuff, but there's still stuff to do, I know. So thank you for spending time with us. Oh, and thank you so much. It's such an honor. I love you guys. I love you, my West Coast mama, my Aunt Lisa. But I have a special place in my heart for the Portland Church, and I'm so grateful. I mean, so, so much of what I... I have so much of what I have from watching other people and them sharing their walks with me so intimately and getting to know how they see God and how they experience God and what they're learning. And um, just to be able to glean that and soak that up from so many incredible women has been uh, such a privilege. And I'm, I'm deeply grateful, I'm deeply grateful. Well, we, it's, it's that give and take. You're easy yeah. to love and you're really known for your love. And um, we, we, we miss you and, um, and we're glad to have the memories and we're thankful for times like this. You'll have to come back and see us before long too. Well, when the world maybe gets to where we can travel again. Mm -hmm. but, um, but anyway, thank you for being with us and encouraging us and inspiring us to hold on, to cling to Jesus. Um, all the time through the hard things and the easy times. We, we love you. I love you. We love you. <laughs> okay. It's been wonderful to have Mackenzie, of course, here tonight. And it's been uh, great to have you visiting with us, those of you that are watching. And we hope that uh, you'll join us again tomorrow night. Uh, Sean Patterson is going to be sharing some things with us that I think are really encouraging. listening to audio from the Portland Church.
If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org.